Welcome to Amity Rose, the podcast. I'm your host, Amity Rose, a certified hypnotherapist and transformation coach here in Los Angeles. Here we will dive deep into topics like self-love, self-mastery, shadow work, and reprogramming the subconscious. This podcast is for the woman who is on a self-healing journey and is looking to embody her most powerful self. Here you will find spiritual and energetic tools so you can understand and fully integrate your human experience with your spiritual nature. I am always on the healing journey with you. Thank you for being here. I am Leslie Denise and I love to coach women and we work through a lot of the blocks. I think that I work with women primarily as um, people who feel stuck. They don't realize they get to live a life with a soul on fire. So that's really what I walk with women through. I have two awesome kiddos. They are some shining souls and it's two boys. So it's like really busy and physical here. Like all the time we are out adventuring and doing beach and nature life. And I live in the beautiful beaches of Alabama. Alabama has beaches, guys. I know it's a shock. They're actually <laughs> really pretty and they're fabulous. Um, and so, yeah, that's who I am and what I do. And I just, I believe in seeing humans really step into their potential. Um, I think we're very, very powerful beings and we're really coming into a new level of understanding that. And that's really what I walk with women on the journey through. I just adore you. I just, you, you radiate, you glow. Like I'm such a fan. Just know that. Thanks. I adore you too. Thank you. I saw, so just a couple of years ago, you were actually a photographer. I was, I was a wedding photographer. I'm interested in, right? Like the pivot because we're so multidimensional, multifaceted. So um, if you'll tap into and tell us kind of like how that unfolded and unraveled and how you stepped into this like woman's empowerment role. And I don't know, do you still do photography or is that something you kind of let go? I do not do it as a business. It's just for fun now. If I want to take pictures or friends come into town, uh, but no, I do not do photography. I did let it go. I had a really wildly successful wedding photography business here and it was really fun. It was something that, you know, you kind of teach yourself to do. I had some mentors in the beginning and what happened was I got to a point where I was doing these massive weddings and they were really fun. Like I loved wedding day. I'm probably one of the few people you'll ever hear say as a vendor, like I had fun on wedding day. I also have an incredible second photographer with me. We're close friends. You know, there's a lot of amazingness that kind of developed in that, but um, it really, I just came to a point, I went through a spiritual awakening just to, you know, be really transparent there. And I was like, do I want to keep doing this? Um, because when I was doing photography for me, <clears throat> I felt like I'd been hit by a Mack truck, like Sunday, Monday, it took me to about Tuesday or Wednesday to like recoup from, mm. from Saturday. And my kids were, I was homeschooling. And so I really just asked myself, what feels really good. And I began to really dive into the aspects of my soul and my own conditioning. Um, I, I did call it that in the beginning. And so it really led me even to human design and understanding how we're wired and how we're created. And I began just to dig deep and go, what do I love? And I had always been helping people and kind of coaching them through different things in life. And I literally had people that would call me just for that. It's hilarious. Um, and so I actually began to take a deep understanding to how energy works. And I had worked for someone before wedding photography that taught quantum physics. Ooh. So I had, yeah, I was really familiar with like color, sound and light and how they affect the cells. Like that was not far fetched to me. And I, when I dove back into it, because I was like, what do I love? It's like, that's what I love. I love that stuff. So let's go. So you right? were already, were you doing that stuff? Like while you had your business, were you doing like your own private practice, like your no. own like spiritual practice? No. Yes. I was doing my spiritual practice and kind <clears throat> okay. of, it was winding down. Like we had made the decision. I was married at the time. And then we had made the decision, um, that I was just, I was going, I, I call it looking back. I was on the, in the rat race. I was on the merry-go-round. I was in the crazy, but it was so normal that I couldn't recognize it until I really began to say, okay, unless I want to do another five years like this, something has to change. And so I developed a morning practice and that kind of just busted open. And, that, and I was in a very, um, 
traditional Southern religious, uh, you know, circumstance situation community. And so, you know, it was a very interesting dynamic and unfolding through all of that. Um, and that actually, I dove really deep into understanding history um, because of that and because of my own conditioning growing up. My dad's like still the choir director at a church okay. <laughs> in Mississippi. Like it's still a thing. Um, I wanted to touch on that because I saw one of your posts that I, I, the blending, right? I've met some other people that like this metaphysical stuff. They call it like new, new age. I think that new age, like it's, and they almost demonize it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no. And then you had this beautiful post about like, it's both. Like I can love God, right. And I can have crystals and have a spiritual practice. And I like, I'm all about the both. I don't think it's one or the other. So I would, as you're talking, if you want to touch on that, like just blending those, like we can actually exist in both paradigms, right? So true. Um, well, what most people, so, <laughs> this could go, so, I'm giggling because it's like, this could go really deep. So I actually, when I say I spent that, I spent over a thousand hours studying. Um, yeah, it, I went really deep with it because history with biblical history. And so even in Job, so Job's one of the oldest books that we have supposedly documented and for the Bible, not like historical documentation. Um, but in there, it actually says cling to the ancient ways and the ancient paths. Mm. Well, now Job is saying that they're talking like super ancient, you know, like it's the old stuff. And so I actually began, um, going, okay, this isn't adding up. That's really what I saw was in the sphere of belief that I was in it, um, two plus two wasn't equaling four. Um, and so it caused me to really dive deep into understanding, uh, scripture a lot better because I had a lot of fear. Um, it was a lot of fear. You don't want to, cause I have always had a deep spiritual connection to God, but I obviously had some very flawed perspectives yeah. thinking like, the devil's going to get me and Satan gets in through the books you read and all these things that you're taught by well-meaning people. They, they really have good intentions, but it's perpetual. When you understand quantum physics, you also have to begin to understand that what you believe is what you will encounter. And so when you believe Satan's around every corner, or when you believe God has my back, I am designed by God I'm going to go with the faith. So I really began, it led me to this question of, is this coming from love or is this coming from fear? Is this coming from faith or is this coming from, from being scared, you know? And so in that process, I begin to see and understand that crystals will take that top, that one topic of many, right? For example, they're piezoelectric. They're amazing. The, the, they're used all throughout the Bible. Um, and the way that people in my sphere have been scared of it, um, for whatever, you know, they have a lot of labels Their their go-to insult usually is like, you're replacing Jesus. And you're like, no, you just can't even engage for me. <laughs> yeah. No. And so, but at first it was like, am I like, I was really uncomfortable, but I also trusted, I was developing self-trust. And that was something that I found through this journey was. I don't think anyone just said like, well, I had one or two people like trust your connection to God. But like, I was so purposed in developing my strong that I trusted this more than anything, any voice that could come at me. Because for me, I was able to really evaluate and see that they were moving from control and manipulation from their own conditioning. When you need me to use certain language, so you feel more comfortable because you don't have the understanding, you know, a deeper understanding because you haven't put in them, but over a thousand hours studying thing, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Nas the Nag Hammadi and the, you know, all of these texts wow. and listening to professors and listening to historians and listening to archaeologists. When you haven't put in that time, because it's not something you're actually curious about, you really just need to cling to your personal belief system because if it wavers, then your whole life might shift, you know? So I began to understand it from a much deeper perspective. And I found everything in the ancient cultures. And it just, I like was like dancing, like Jesus taught quantum physics. Like, you know, like I totally. Like, so for me, when I was studying quantum physics, I never saw it against um, traditional biblical teachings. I saw it as like, of course, that's God. Of course, that for me, it just made sense. I have friends that like everything, if it's, you know, they can't see life that way. That's not their ability to perceive 
And then as I studied human design, I was like, oh, of course I would see it this way. It's just became so amusing. And what so are funny. You? I'm a projector. Okay. And I'm a three, five. <laughs> and, and like one of the main themes in my chart is seeing what's not working in the tribal situation for it. So on the community level and then shifting into like making observations. And that's actually before I ever knew anything about human design, that was my core observation was what I've been taught is not adding up. So I want to have a better understanding. And, you know, some people tried to say, well, you're not having faith. And I was like, God made me highly intelligent and I feel really great using it. Thank you though. You know, like, I just, <laughs> I like okay. Cause they have nothing else to say. Cause they don't know how to handle someone who is willing to ask these really obvious questions and also willing to put in the effort to do the work and not just only hear through my particular lens. And I'm willing to respect other people. I'm willing yes. to respect people who have different perspectives and opinions. I don't need someone to me, one of the things that I recognized the most in that journey was the fact that, you know, in my language from my traditional upbringing would be, I was trying to be everyone's Holy spirit by thinking that I knew their soul's path. They shouldn't do this. They needed to do that. They're doing it wrong. All of that is control. All of that is me thinking, I know what's best for you. When I was never on the conference call for your life with God. Mm. And so it really actually allowed me to see where I had been doing that, where I had made judgments. And so I walked through this path also forgiving myself and, um, you know, blessing other people and myself and just allowing more this love that I'd been grown, growing up talking about, it hit a new level. But when you're in that situation, you don't recognize there's deeper levels of divine love that get to flow through you if you're willing I desired truth more than I desired my belief system. And that Ooh, was, really I just got the, chills. that was really the bucket kicker for me. That's what made me go. I'm all in. I'm going I, you know, whatever they say, let them say it. Um, I know the truth and that's really all that matters. So. That's incredible. And I think what I, I find so respectable, and this is something I do myself is like, I'm willing to study. I'm willing to, to dig mm -hmm. in deeper. Like you were like, I want to understand this. Let me mm -hmm. sign up and do my thousand hours, right. Of like studying all this stuff, because I think when we bring more information, when we have deeper conversations, like all it does is expand us. Yes. And, and I love that. Yeah. And I realized that that fed my soul and fired me up in ways I had been just stagnant for so long because everything else had become so normal that I was numb. I was, I know I love Joe Dispenza and I know you do as well. And it was, <laughs> oh yeah, this well, I started studying his work too. So, I mean, I was studying everything at one time, you know, it was like this big ball looking back. I don't even know. I literally bent time. That's how I feel about it because I am like, I don't even know how I did all of that, but I recognized once I really dove in that my, I wasn't connected to my heart mm. and I had been exposing myself to people who really seemed to have that. And I was like, it's going to happen. I'm going to, it's going to click one day. And I, and I just know that it will. And I can, I stuck to it, you know? So. I wanted to talk about, I want to touch on first your manifestation process because like when you lock into higher levels of consciousness, right? Uh, I heard a long time ago, it's like somebody turned the lights on and you're like, whoa, right? Like, I feel like that's my interpretation of like when you access like new levels of consciousness yeah. and then 100%. right, the expansion, right? You just, that, mm -hmm. that mental expansion. Mm -hmm. So what's your personal manifestation process? And then, so- through the study, right through that thousand hours, is that what introduced you to human design or were you studying like parallel while you were studying the ancient texts, you were also studying human design or did it come in after? Because that's, I, I know like I had my chart, um, but I, it's not something I study, but once somebody talked to me, I'm a Manny Gen. And when somebody like told me about, it just, it made so much sense and it was so helpful because right? I'm always on to the next, right? High energy, like all this stuff. And because the people around me are not that way, then I always felt like, like the odd one out. So when somebody told me like, oh, fuck, it's your blueprint. Like, this is like how you operate in your zone of genius. You know, I had, I felt this like deep confirmation of like, thank you. 
Like, thank you for that reminder of like, I made this way on purpose. And then when you learn how to utilize that, you're unstoppable, right? It's so, it's so true. They, um, and the other thing about the chart too, a friend and I were talking about this today. Um, I said, when you understand your chart and human design, what really happens is it's this little catalyst of seeing all the ways in which you've judged yourself. Mm. And then you release, you're able to release the judgment because you find confidence and comfort in how you were made. You're like, Oh, I do do that. It's okay that I do that. Okay, cool. You didn't even recognize the judgment was there. Well, a lot of times we don't, you know, sometimes we kind of know it, but we rock with it. But, um, and that's one of the coolest things about human design is it prompts you for me to begin to like really be who you are. And I've watched that in clients. Yes. It's just like, they're like, okay, oh, I have permission. It's a permission slip, you know, yes. to degree. And that's, it's such an amazing tool because like, if you've, if you're surrounded by people, especially in my case, like I, I studied human design after to like answer your question, okay. Okay. human design kind of came in along the way. I kind of tried to look at it, got really overwhelmed, pulled back on that, kept on with the other stuff. Um, and then later came back to human design to actually like enroll in courses and actually learn about it and read all the books and all the things. Um, but what I was witnessing was people were relaxing more into who they were and they actually began to do things to light them up because they had a tool to guide them because we hear this, do things that light you up. And that's awesome. And it's true. But for some people who are so conditioned that's, they don't really understand that concept. Kind of like I've had clients tell me, um, I've heard you say like my head was, you were connecting your head and heart. And I really didn't know what you meant after two sessions with you. Now I get it. They're like, Mm -hmm. okay, now I get it. This is such a different way of living. And it's amazing. So I get that there's some phrases that you don't get until you get right. It's just, but it's your desire to also get them, you know, like what does living a life of the soul on fire mean? And that sounds really elusive to some people. And some people are like, Oh, I get that, you know, and I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, manifestation. Okay. So this is, um, I can also interweave this with, so because we've already hit on some of the Bible stuff, I'll kind of interweave it with that as well for people who are curious or maybe not as well, um, versed in that, but it's everything that Jesus teaches. Essentially. Um, we call it manifestation. It's just how God created us in this fabulous world. It's how we're made. And Cause you know, again, I'm in the Southeast United States. So I do have a lot of people who are like undercover texting me or messaging me like, Leslie, is this okay? What do you think about this? Cause like you, you know more about this kind of stuff than anybody I know. Like I trust you. And I'm like, it's G- the teachings of Jesus. If that's your filter, if that's your lens, then you can still, you're, cause we are creating, and I know you totally know this, we're creating all the time anyway. We're either just doing it with awareness and intention or we're doing it usually from our trauma and our programming. Yeah. And so for me again, like manifestation, this is actually really a fun little question for me because it's really shifted the past few weeks and it's like, everything's just fallen in my lap. It's like unbelievably crazy and exciting. But, um, I, through the lens of human design, there's, you know, varying opinions on the arrows, but I am through that lens, a non-specific. And I find that really works well for me because when I try to get specific with exactly the details, it actually gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so many options. And I know all the options. Well, what does a projector do? A projector can see both sides of the coin. They can see all the options. We have this like bird's eye view. So that makes a lot, made a lot of sense. And I had been kind of playing with narrowing it down. And when I was, um, years ago, as I went through my spiritual awakening and I was under like playing with quantum physics more and intentionally and consciously, it was a thing where people would just say like, if you want something, just have Leslie pray for it. Like it's going to happen. I mean, a $2,500 dog sure shows up four days later. Like the littlest thing to like crazy, like this house that I'm living in. Um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to live in a, the, I was like my next house, it's going to just. I'm, I'm living on, I'm living on bright star um, landing is what I said. I'm going to live on bright star landing because my last street name of my house had been Faceville Lane. And I was like, I really faced my stuff living here. Like I had to come face with it. And so I made a joke one day, long story short, this house is on landing drive. (laughs) So I named the house bright star. It's kind of a joke, but um, there's just so many things like that. And so I, I understood having faith. So in my language growing up, it was you're having faith 
and recognizing where you don't have the faith. So for me, it is about when you have faith, when you really believe it, you can feel it in your body. And if you're not able to, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but look at why be willing to ask yourself the hard questions of why am I uncomfortable and, and look at your judgments. Like where had I really had went through a thing where I looked at my judgments. I had judged how people spent their money. I had judged how people, what they spent their money on, you know, like all of these things. And so I just decided like those days were done, like none of that anymore. And I really do a lot now from like, Oh, wouldn't it be fun if this happened? Oh, that would be really cool. And I just don't even half the time. I just like, for me on a daily basis, it's important for me to take that space in the mornings. And I do it in the mornings and evenings, technically speaking, um, that I just really feel into everything being better than it could have ever thought of been, mm. you know, and as I pray, I'm like, this or something better, God, you know, like, let's go it, let's do it. And I've just chosen to relax. I had to really relax a lot. And, um, human design and gene keys helped me a lot with that these past few weeks, but as I've relaxed more and more and more and stopped, really, I didn't recognize, even though I've been doing this work for years, <laughs> I didn't even recognize I was somewhat still in the, I had finagled my way into like some real force and not recognized it. And when I did, I just said, you know, I'm just going to play for a little bit with this relaxing and being very general and just really not. And I mean, I walked in the other day and there was, do you, do you do essential oils? Do you like essential oils? Yeah. I had a $1,500 oil kit on my front door at like total surprise. Didn't know it was coming. It was just like a young living, young living sent it to me for some challenge that I didn't even know was happening that I didn't even know I qualified for. And that was the reward. I had no clue. So, I mean, it's just been like things like that, like every day, like it's, it's crazy, you know? So I relax a lot and I just, for me, relaxing in the clarity, but having the intention is probably one of the biggest lessons I've personally have been playing with when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but in my, within my own chart, that's a big deal to surrender the divine will. And that shows up in multiple places in my chart. So that's just some an energy that I'm here to actually relax into not my will, but divine will like allowing that higher frequency of that. So do you do that's readings, what we're personal with readings? Ma'am, do you do personal readings? I do. I do human design readings. I usually use human design with my clients and yeah. we kind of dive in that way. Okay. I want to book a reading. I have had my chart run and I know like a few things, but I certainly don't know like the specifics and oh, I, you so know, the Manny Jen, like I can get into anything, right? Like I'll learn anything, right. If it excites me and I just, I would rather have an expert like already share with me about oh, this, cool. right? I could learn it, but I have to be more, I don't have to be, I choose to be more discerning with my power and my energy and yep. where I, where I put it. Like, especially that's what I'm stepping into these days of like, I've got energy persistence. Like I've got that for days, but just getting more discerning about where and who and how I channel that into like that. That's what I've got going on right now. So what does that look like for you? So I learned through understanding being a Manny Jen that like, do you know how many like different things I've started? Like my whole life has been like that. And I would get kind of like, not shamed, but like people would bring it up. Like, well, like I went to massage school and like I finished and like right after I graduated, I'm like, I don't want to do this. And everybody looked at me like, what the fuck? Right. And just repeat that over and over because I have such deep curiosity. And I don't know if that's a Manny Jen thing or a personality thing, but like my curiosity is endless. There's so many things that excite me that I want to learn about. So, but that can be exhausting as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Because right. So it's, it's once I learned about like how I actually like operate, I got way more confident and, and really stepped into like a next level power of like, well, what do I do? I now see all of that as a superpower, not like I'm just floaty or like, you know, like I'm actually like, well, this is my fucking God given superpower. Yeah. Let, Let me learn how best to use it. 
to create the life that I desire. So so listening, tuning in, like when the excitement fades. And I think what really helped is like giving myself permission to like, let something end with grace and honor, not ever seeing anything as like a loss. Yes. You know, but as yeah, it just added I'm so value. with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it just added to me as a person and I learned and I grew. So even though I didn't become a massage therapist for the rest of my life, like I literally stopped right after I got my degree. Like, I don't want to do this. But then I was like, how do you know you don't want to do something until you do it? Exactly. Do you know you your know? profile line? I have it. I'm just curious. We'll do it. We'll look at it in your chart reading, but yeah. I'm really curious. This is going to be fun. Yes. We'll totally do it. I don't even yeah. know what a profile line is. Well, but... okay. There. You're going to, you'll, yeah. Yeah. It's the conscious Sorry. and unconscious. It's kind of like your costume you wear. Um, Ooh. and it has a lot to do with that. So there's a profile. I'm a, I'm a three, five where it's life experimenter. Same thing. Do lots oh, of different five. things. Very, very creative. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Five's a projection field. Yeah. We'll have to talk about it when we do your session. It'll, it'll be okay. so good. Yeah. I'm excited because I feel like it's just more information to help me like utilize and be a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like you mentioned, good. you said permission. And I think that's really what I felt when mm-hmm. I got introduced to this concept. Like it just gave me permission to be who I am like yeah. fully. Right. And accept how my blueprint, I felt like it really was like a blueprint of how I operate. And the vibration of authenticity and truth resonates. Mm-hmm. It is it is one of the highest. And so it's, it's one of the highest vibrations, which we are, are a good thing. I'm sure people who are listening to this probably know that, <laughs> but it's, it's wild. The people who, which we're all waking up, right. We're all waking up. The earth is doing her thing and we're all escalating in terms of vibration. And when you really give yourself permission and that authenticity, you also discover new desires. You discover mm. things that you had even blocked off that you had judged that you actually desire to do or to explore or to play with. And, and it's just so fun. Like life gets to be fun. And that's what I'm like, that's my big thing. Like that's, you get to enjoy your life. And if that means like you were saying, you don't know until you do it, like how would we know? And so that even that perception of we're supposed to know is so humorous. It's like, it's humorous. If you just think about it, you're like, yeah, that's just a pile of crap. Like that's not even accurate, you know? Yeah. I totally get it. What is your relationship with money? Money. I love all things money and I Ooh. love about money. Um, it's funny. Like if you post a book or something, I'd be like, oh, that's this book. Like I, so I've been subconscious mind um, into that kind of stuff for probably a solid two years um, before Joe Dispenza introduced me to it. But I mean, like reading the really old stuff, like, um, Joseph Murphy and all of that, you know, Alan Watson, all of the different, different thing, Waddles or whatever his name is. So, um, I, it's something that I believe we really have a birthright. I mean, I could like go really into this money thing. Um, there's so much conditioning and yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, it also comes back to the heart, you know, and I feel like that's been the manipulation. I'm not going to go like too off the roads here. I don't think, but like I have family and close family friends that have very interesting, um, military and governmental positions. And so when you really understand that a lot of things really are to keep you trapped, the system is designed to keep you trapped and it. So you kind of begin to step into like, Oh, this money thing is really important. We don't have to live in a rat race. We don't have to live in this, um, this system we can actually choose a different way. And it was always a choice. And there was deliberate barricades put up so that we would perhaps never recognize that it is a choice. And there were very deliberate things put into place. Um, I mean, decades ago yeah. um, for that to be there. So I love, and I love that so many people are talking about it. I love that so many people are even reading these books from like 1910 and the 1940s. I'm pointing to my bookshelf over there. Yeah, I got see. it. <laughs> um, but um and it's so powerful because it's in, it's breaking all of it and it's helping us recognize how we've really believed this path. When I started on this awakening, one of the things that I loved was that it, it really allowed me to go, what do I actually believe? What do I believe about money? Do I, do I believe it's always going to go away? Do I believe that if, um, 
you know, I'm Amanda Francis teaching that if credit card debt is bad, or is it just a choice, you know, and all of that, what do you really believe about it? And do you understand the concept of how it's actually affecting your now as a result of who you've been? And so it's this under, it's this paradigm paradox of being the now, but also understand this has already been created from who you've been. So the moving forward. Um, and so the money stuff, I feel like is really powerful for women and it's, it gets to be played with too. It gets to be fun. Now, this is all like what you tapped into after the spiritual awakening. This isn't. Yeah, free. it was kind of all interwoven. I was like, oh okay. my gosh, I, I didn't even realize I had been believing this. I didn't realize that I wouldn't, you know, or I would feel ashamed or guilty if I spent money on anything. Um, I remember paying for my very first course. It was like 200 bucks, 250 bucks. I don't even remember. And, um, and I contemplated it for two weeks because it was like, do I really want to spend the money on that? I don't know. Like, what if I, what if I, what if I regret spending the money on that? And this could be like flushing it down the toilet. I mean, I did all of them. And then finally I was like, all right, if it's still available tomorrow, I'm going to get it. And then I got it and it changed my life. I was like, I'd buy this three times over, which is always like the thing that happens with courses and coaches and stuff. It's like, but once I busted that and that, there was a lot of money stuff in that too. And um, once I kind of broke that dam, so to speak, I was like, I was game on. I was like, I'll pay, I'll pay the amount. Here you go. Like, it was like, I get it now. It just is. So it was kind of uh, woven in there for me. I'm fascinated with the concept of like how fucking powerful we are. Like it's, it's mind blowing. And unless you're taught it as a child, right. You come to it as an adult, right. Usually after your awakening, um, very similar to you. Mine was like a decade ago and you tap into like the power of your emotions and your awareness and like tapping into like higher levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I, wasn't really like ever religious, uh, like we never went to church or anything. Like, so mm -hmm. I, I don't have like a strong, like that, um, to overcome where some people, yeah. right? like you had the, the blending to do. Um, I never really had that, but so many, have you heard of the abundance book? It's on my shelf. Okay. So it's, that's it's, like, it's quite a collection. I, you need to send me a picture after I mine's over here. <laughs> we'll, we'll swap bookshelf. I love it. So the whole teaching, right? The whole principles, every single one of them, right. Has to do with God source creator. And like, what really excites me is like, it's not out there. It's in right here. What? And they mentioned like God self. And you hear yes. like Amanda will talk about it. She was like, yeah, mm -hmm. we created this me and God, you know? Yes. And I was like, okay, okay. But it, I think the shift for me was like externally. And mm -hmm. I think there's still some dynamics there, right? Because we are dancing with the universe. There are like, even though, and I think just as a human, honestly, right. we're playing with concepts that are unlimited, that we're trying to digest with a limited human understanding, you know? Yes. So we grasp onto words and, and even like trying to communicate it. Right. I know, I know you feel me on like a cellular level, like your understanding, but this idea of like, it's not God's source is not out there. Like God's source mm -hmm. is in here. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything for me because I think it can be like victim mentality. Well, why is God doing this to me? Right. Like, why am I being punished? But when you bring it here, well, you know, it can kind of, it, it's a little bit different. And then if you still feel some of that victimhood, it's obviously right. Shame and guilt that just needs to mm -hmm. be healed internally. But the book, this book is like my Bible. And essentially there's literally like biblical principles in yeah, here. He's got a whole are. section. Jesus like, taught all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that, mm -hmm. so it's, I find that's like, it's just truth is out there so many different ways, but it like really the way that it feels it's universal. 100%. Like God, creator, whatever name resonates with people to say, um, this wasn't an accident. Like, it's like, I see it like a playground. Mm. Like, I feel like where earth is a playground and 
it's like, oh, they're finally getting it. They're finally realizing they're powerful. It's like, like if you made a playground for your kids and you're watching them grow up and play on the different toys and you've made it like this, you've made the playground to actually be even more fun as they like discover more aspects about yes. it. You know? And that's kind of how I feel like it is. And this aspect of God being outside of us for myself, what I came to recognize was I was viewing God like a wizard. And I would have never used that language then only in reflection. What I was there clarity, meaning God did this for me. God didn't do this for you. Cause when I say God did this for me and I take no I take no responsibility for the faith, for um, the belief, for anything. It was simply God. I had no part in it. When I take, it's the same stick <laughs> as Abraham says, it's the same stick. I'm also saying God didn't do it for you. Mm -hmm. And so that, uh, that conversation didn't go so well with people, you know, that I was close to <laughs> from my previous, <laughs> you know, um, uh, belief system. Cause it, they were like, what, what do you mean? Like, it was literally like they couldn't even grasp it because cognitive dissonance was very strong. And so right. again, they've been taught for their entire life. If someone says this, then they're of not of God. Right. And so this person's, you know, cog they're just protecting themselves. Like their brain is just protecting them. Right. And so I began to recognize like God didn't give me a free ticket to go hang out in Sedona just because I wanted to and not give somebody else a free ticket. And their mom had cancer. That's not the way it works. There's other aspects to it. Oh, wait, Jesus talks about those. You have, I know in Mark, we have to ask and actually believe you have to have faith. You have to, and you have to be tapped in your emotions. And that's what the fruits of the spirit are all about. You know, mm. a lot of people who are very traditional will be like, your emotions run away with you and all this. It's like, those are fleeting feelings. We're talking about the deep stuff. You can't be in joy and peace and happiness that which are fruits of the spirit, according to the biblical principles. And like, you have to be in those, you have to have an awareness of your emotions. Right. <laughs> and so it takes some awareness. And so for me, it was all just right there anyway, like they're universal concepts because God is not in a box. And God does not belong to one group of people, you know, that was my, my perspective. <laughs> yeah. And the, I found that the responsibility piece is mm -hmm. huge because it's much easier. I want to tap in. People will violently protect their belief system. If you come in with like another idea, you're tapping into like their sense of identity if yes. they are so rooted in this belief system that it's blended, like this is who I am. And then you come in with a new idea or philosophy, mm -hmm. they will go to death protecting that, right? Be just because they're so enmeshed. They don't see like I'm right. here and this is just a belief system I've chosen to attach to, right? So you see a lot of people, like people will get in fights. They'll get in like verbal disputes, like actual physics, right? Just defend. You said, what? Right? You challenged yeah. my belief system. It's gnarly. But it does take a sense of responsibility because it's far easier for me to blame, for me to like externally, right? Either God or people or whoever, and not take any kind of responsibility that I'm actually co-creating this existence. That takes a bucket of courage and not everybody is up for that. It's so true. It you is know? so true. It calls for radical responsibility. Um, I was in, I mean, the belief system you're referring to, I, I mean, I never argued with anyone or got a fight, but like, it was a nest, like it was, I mean, it was my entire life mm -hmm. and I literally was willing to let it just, cause I wanted truth and that was all that mattered. And it's so true. Like, but the ability and the desire to recognize where we've misunderstood things or where we've had misconceptions that takes a lot of maturity and emotional intelligence and courage and humility and, and the radical responsibility. When you realize no one did it to you. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's a, that's like a, this sucks kind of thought when you're like, crap. Oh, I told Cause that then you have to look at your own shit and, <laughs> and that's tough. It It is. And it's also the best thing ever. It's like, you know, you tap into it's like so another source of power. I felt, mm -hmm. and this is what I teach my daughters, especially my oldest one. I was like, girl, you are 10 times ahead of any adult you'll meet because I'm your mom. Right. And I've been mentoring her since she was little. Right. So she's out there like helping other teenagers. Right. So she has skill sets that most adults don't have because I've taught her. 
you know? Um, but that's, I'm super proud. And I'm sure with your boys, like I'm super proud. We're mm-hmm. the next generation, right. Is going to be a little more conscious. I think they already come in more conscious. Yes. Right. And yeah. they choose sure. us. Mm-hmm soul assignments right yeah I was like mm-hmm. whenever like I'm pushing her buttons or I'm pushing her outside her comfort zone I was like look you signed up for me so <laughs> you chose me <laughs> I've said something pretty similar more than yeah. once yeah totally so then she's like uh you know <laughs> but the the it's looking so the like the empowerment that comes yeah when you're willing to look at your own shit, well, why did I create that? You know, like it's, it's, it's tough, but it's healing. It's transformative. And then you're like, wait, I actually have a lot more power and Mm -hmm. access to a lot more power than I ever thought. And that you talk about, like, I'm getting to the point I'm flirting with where like, this can be fun. Like I struggled and that might be part of the Manny Jen, but like, I'm an action taker. I am a go, go, go. I many times, have not aligned the energy and I'm a Taurus sun. So right where I'm a bull. So you just imagine this like hunky muscly animal, just like going right when they wave the little red thing and just like, that's my, and like, that's my spirit animal. That's me. And a lot of the times I haven't done any of the alignment work. So it's just, Mm -hmm. I'm all this power and force and the alignment's not there. And then I'm like, well, why is it not happening? So now I'm relaxing back into the feminine and I'm getting aligned first and then I'm taking my force. And that's what I talked about beginning earlier about like the discerning, Mm -hmm. right. But doing the alignment work first so that my force is actually like in the right direction. And then I'm creating consciously like receiving what it is I, I intentionally created. That's so good. And it's so the alignment, I mean, I think we learn, we consistently learn more on our journey, right. About it. And it becomes, it becomes easier and easier, but the work never, it never stops because we're human. It's like, literally that's our version or or for me, it's like, this is my version of getting up and going to work and being typical is the energetic work because Mm -hmm. we're nothing but energy. And, um, because I, I kind of tend to do this because of my upbringing, you know, in scripture, it says, we're in this world, but not of it. And so I believe we're actually meant to operate off the principles of other dimensions of higher realms, especially now, because we've crossed the threshold from, you know, 2012 into the age of the Aquarius, which again, Jesus talked all about that, but, um, he talked about the, the everything in the Bible's end of the age, nothing's into the world. And that's like something a lot of people, unless they're willing to go deep, they don't recognize and they don't have an awareness around. And so the age switch. So we're in an age of spiritual principles and, we are, some of us are waking up quicker than others, but it's so freaking exciting because like once you wake up and once you start to do this work, you're like, you light up in ways that I started to feel in my heart in ways I'd never felt before. Mm-hmm. I had became, I didn't even realize how numb that I was before I had my awakening. And even recently I had this, I don't know, identity shift is the only word I know to call it. Totally wasn't planned. I didn't do anything for it. Okay. Um, when is it ever though? Really? <laughs> I know, right? I know. It's like, you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, shift I my identity today. <laughs> I, um, I coached with women through this course. And of course I did the course with them as we were doing it. It was like a week or two after the that. Unbecoming? It was just, yes, the unbecoming. It was so I good. love that. Yeah. Um, and it's just letting go of all the ideas that we thought, and it's okay to let go of the ideas that we thought we wanted, that we thought there's nothing all these uh, um, idols sometimes that we create and like letting them go. Cause we've just attached this massive meaning to them. Well, it, you know, if rather than actually it's okay, that's nothing but a perception. And what if this way gets to be just as fun and just as good? Actually, what if it's better because it feels better in my body and I trust myself now and I can feel that I'm supposed to go this direction. Am I willing to let that go? Like you, like, are we willing to go through massage school and then be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Are we willing to create something and then be brave enough to burn it to the ground or to let it fall away when you feel this creation for the new thing coming. And that's, this really awakened soul. And it's really fun because we see so many people and we can see that it's being led by the feminine, which all throughout the ancient cultures was a thing. Um, the women are really allowing these higher frequencies in. And then the men are just you know, they are, they're catching on and they're moving quickly. And it's because the way has been paved and there's more paving to do. There's, you know, more of us living this way. We're going to see the shift. We're in a paradigm shift now of the earth. And it's the coolest freaking thing to me to like move from this 
head place of living life to this heart centeredness. It's like, I could, I dance a lot. So it was like, makes me just like dancing. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I tell my kids and I was like, we signed up to be here at this time. I was like, this is the party of the universe. Everybody wants to be here. And I was like, we're embody at this time. Like I especially tell them when they're like, they're stressed or they're worried or they're frustrated. And I was like, this, this is it. We're here on purpose. Right. Yeah. I feel, and I tell them like everyone in the universe is watching. I was like, this is the place to be. We're here. Yeah. Because that just sounds way more fun. Right. It's so true. I'm I'm a very fun, like all throughout my human design chart and gene keys, it's all about the fun and the joy and like allowing the fun and the surrender. Um, they're just massive themes. And for a long time, I didn't because I had so much self-judgment because I was so steeped in the way that my beliefs were operating. Is gene keys connected to human design? Or is that uh, yes different? and no. It's actually deeper. Gene keys are contemplation points. They're so I can I I this is a whole thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't officially do gene keys. I just kind of like friends and I chat about it, but yeah, it you will love it. So human design is very mechanics of how your energy operates, right? Uh gene keys is more of um like a soul hologram. It is this contemplative work of, you know, there's like certain pathways that you follow in this profile, but it's all like, uh, with each sphere, with each point, which would court, it will correlate with the human design gate. It is a circle essentially. And the circle will have a name. Maybe it's your life's purpose and it's gate 16. I'm making something up at this point. Um, and then there's, you know, like a higher, highest city frequency, a gift frequency, and then a shadow frequency. And so even just looking like, do I see the shadow frequency operating in my life? Do I feel like and you kind of can see this maneuvering begin to happen. Um, and looking at my gene keys really um, helped me with some challenges as well. I just was like, oh, crud. Yeah, I'm totally doing that. <laughs> I'm totally operating in those lower frequencies. And am I willing to acknowledge it, look it in the face, give it a big hug, give it a kiss on the cheek, mm-hmm. slap it on the ass and tell it to head on out the door. And then for me to keep doing my thing, you know, like acknowledging it. But just knowing that's not where I'm going, even though that's where you've been, it's not your destination. And so Gene Keys kind of helps in terms of contemplative soul evolution type thing, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Whereas human design is more like mechanics, how to make decisions, how your energy works, how to spend your energy, that kind of thing. Okay. That's helpful. Now, what are your tools for like moving through stickiness or some story or belief that like, you know, is not serving you that you're like aware of what is your, um, kind of go-to tools to process and move through and elevate. My go-to tools. Number one is to get quiet. I believe in that like every day, no matter what years ago, when I first started this journey and half of me was scared to death and half of me knew I had to go on the journey um, I heard their sacredness in the silence. Mm. And so that's always just been really, uh, special to me. And I didn't, and then the word sacred really became highlighted to me over the next year. And I'd never been, I wasn't in the sphere of all the things that you see online. Now I was by myself getting this through just what was happening. It was, so it was really cool. Um, but I get quiet and Um, I'm willing to ask myself the hard questions. Self-reflection is not, it's comes naturally to me very naturally. And as a projector now, I understand why, (laughs) Um, which not that we can always see ourselves fully, right? You really can't. I mean, we think we can, but, but we can still make a lot of progress when we're able to ask ourselves the really, really, really hard questions. Um, Like, why did I do that? Why am I seeing this person this way? Is it even true that that's who they are? No, they're hurt. And, and I, as a projector, and I've been able to do this obviously since my whole life. And there were people in my life that knew I did it, but I never had this language for it. So a projector R is very piercing. We can usually pierce into the subconscious of the person that we're with. And it's just the way we work. It's not intentional. We're not piercing. We're not doing anything wrong or whatever, or against anyone's will. It's just our natural understanding of the way we communicate because we tend to go pretty deep and but you also have to have the wisdom of this is subconscious for this person and it's not in their conscious mind. So can you be okay with who they're being in their conscious mind and let that be enough? Or do you, 
like, where's that there? And so, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a beautiful journey and it's been really deep, but yeah. You can tell by, um, not as a projector, but I can, when I listen to people speak, Mm -hmm. that gives us direct access. And just because I studied the subconscious and hypnotherapy and all that. So I listen to people speak and I'm like, I know exactly what's at the deeper level because of the words they've chosen to share. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I used to look at people and I could tell exactly what they were thinking. And that actually led me to a lot of overcompensating because girls were always kind of like scared of me. Um, like if I met them, cause I'm, I talk this much all the time. Like I'm okay. happy, like I'm a glass half full <laughs> kind of person. Nice. I'm going to dance around. And so, but for girls who are, um, not, they don't have that personality it can be very intimidating and scary. And so I would overcompensate to like, I'm just normal. Like it, you know, we can be friends. And then they would obviously soften. And then we were, you know, would usually develop a really great friendship, but I was able, I mean, that was when I was eight, nine, 10. I mean, you're talking very young doing this and, um, even working weddings. I, I, my second shooter was like, you do this all the time. I'll say this person's thinking da, 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 whatever. And then someone walks up and says, you know, an hour later, somebody says exact same. It's just funny. So that's just something that has kind of, I've learned how to utilize in a higher state. You know, yeah. it's not as like, let me overcompensate for who I am. Now it's like, I can let you be without any judgment and I can honor who you are kind of thing. And what happens in your stillness and your silence? I meditate and I just really allow, I drop into my heart and, and that's when I self-reflect, I ask the questions and I, sometimes there's tears and sometimes there's journaling. Um, but for me, it really primarily looks like stillness. If there's like melancholy kind of, you know, it's a melancholy wave. I always say to myself, this too shall pass Mm. because now I've lived enough life to know I'm not going to feel like this all the time. My natural state is, you know, a little bit more (laughs) exuberant than the feeling I have right now. And that's okay because I'm still human. Um, the other thing that I do is I try not to well, I don't try. I just don't. I don't allow myself. <laughs> I mean, it's not even a try. It's just, I don't I do it. When people say I don't, I don't try, that. I'm like, let's not just use that word anymore. Yeah, we don't. We know, I don't. It's true. No, I don't try. I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't allow myself to engage in anything that like my business or uh, important conversations or things like that. And um, I will usually kind of I love to watch comedy, stand up comedy or a show that makes me laugh. That's another thing that I do. So those are kind of all things that I do that because in the laughter, you release the tension Mm -hmm. and then like you've kind of taken your mind off of it for a second. So a lot of times if you'll go about your time, just allowing, knowing that clarity is going to come and knowing that answers are going to come. I'm really good at that. Like if I don't get answers right away, I don't really make it mean anything. I'll just be like, it's going to come. It'll show up. The right thing will come to me. Like I don't, I don't obsess about it. You know, like some people really have to dig into some things, but that's because of the principle of physics for me, what you focus on, you get more of. So if I spend five hours or a day trying to pinpoint some trauma or some reason, (laughs) that's fine if that's my choice, but I'm, for me, it doesn't work like that. I get still and I get clarity. And then I usually journal and I tell a new story. That's been my go-to for years. Yes. What story are you telling? And can I tell a new one? What feels better in my body? And, you know, sometimes I'll just make the story up in my head and I don't write it down and it just is what it is. And sometimes I write it down and sometimes I dance it out. So my main tool is the stillness. And then I kind of snowball from there into whatever direction. So that was a lot for that one question, but <laughs> that's so beautiful. I love it. Um, Before we wrap up, I have one last question. I'm very interested in what your entrepreneurial goals are, your vision, like next level for you as a woman and you as a a business owner. This is a good question. I know. This is like, this is a deeper question I was expecting for our last question. Um, So my goals right now, because part of what I have been flirting with. I love that term. It's so good. Flirting with is, um, relaxing into what's happening now. And as I relax, it's growing. And so for me, I think that's enough right now. Like I'm not that that's enough as in I'm settling here, but as in I'm finding pleasure in it and I'm finding contentment in it. 
And for me, that's been really important because three weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that. I would have, I would have, I would have like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to do that. And that is all true. I want to grow. I want to, I have I'm developing right now. I felt like it just kind of came to me a monthly membership, um, sacred soul space. And we're going to be really, it's about getting, living a life of sacredness and spirituality, but realizing we're never separate. We are spirit all the time, whether we're driving our car and jamming out to rap music from 2000 or the nineties, or whether we're meditating, it doesn't matter. We're spiritual beings and let's, let's grow in that. So that's going to be, I feel like there's this another level of ease be that I'm feeling more now. And it's going to actually be the foundation versus mm-hmm. the way I have been. And so that's kind of where I'm at with the business and all of that. It just feels actually a lot more grounded and it's going to take, I think more of a spiritual sacred flavor perhaps than maybe what it's had up to this point. That's so beautiful. I love, I'm so interested in like a woman's journey and her evolution and her growth and like watching that unfold because then that like speaks to other women when they see that, like it gives them silent permission or can change my mind or I can change pathways or I can pivot or I can, right. And then when you Mm -hmm. watch a woman, like I always surround myself with women that are five, 10, 20 levels above, right? I always, and I say always, I most of the time want to be like the beginner in any room I'm in, because that means I'm growing. That means I'm learning, right? In my business and stuff, I tend to be right the expert or the leader. But when I'm not actively engaged in my business, I am the baby. I am the beginner. Like I sit and spend time and energy in women that are far beyond, right? And even if I don't really like understand what's happening and repetition, right? That we just, you got to be repetition is how you'll retrain, right? Mm-hmm. I will just listen over and over and over. I will just sit in the energy literally. And then it would be like sometimes months after I'm re-listening. I'm like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> you know, like it. I it so know too well. <laughs> it like, right. It dances. I, I always tell my clients, my hypnotherapy, like, I'm like, we planted a seed. That's all we did. Right. And then you're going to water, you're going to integrate, right? And it will integrate. Right. And then it, and then it becomes who you are. So like you, who you are today, right. There was a process of the becoming until yeah. it felt natural and it's just mm-hmm. your natural state of being. And then, but we continue to evolve, you know, but and there's next that. level ease you're talking about. That's what I mentioned with the fun. Like yeah. when you master the principles, like in the beginning, it's tough. When you're learning anything, right? When you're learning to ride a bike, when you're learning a new language, right? You have to like that beginner stage is challenging, but when you like get it, that's when you can really tap into what I think you touched on was that level of ease because you put in the work to get there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it it was a decision. It was a decision. I was going to be here. Um, it was a decision that it would happen. It was, it was so much clarity, but I remember some of those moments of clarity came because I was willing to begin when I didn't mm. really know what to expect. Should I spend money on this course? I don't know. Like freaking out. But that's when it started for me. You know, okay, I, I'm going to read this book. Okay. I'm going to get this book. You know, I'm going to do this course. I'm going to work with this coach. All these things I was kind of unsure about, but I kept going. And then the power of decision and deciding that mm. that's how it gets to be for you. But like you were saying, which is your entire message, like we have subconscious you know, we can decide, but we still are human. We still have a subconscious. So what does tapping into that decision every single day look like? And, you know, different things work for different people, but that, that decision was like, I would get to this place. Like I would have this groundedness. It wasn't, mm-hmm. and how I was doing it wasn't going to be the way it continued. So there was like a, you know, a lot of mountains to climb <laughs> for sure. And then when we hang out with these women, like I feel like they show us what's possible. Like, I don't know how to get there yet, but because she's doing it means I can do it. And like, that's all I need, right? That's that mustard seed, right? And then you activate your faith and you do your work and you're whatever. But it was like, that's why I can watch this and go, that's my, I can, I can create that because I'll decide and then I'll fucking show up because I will do whatever it needs to take. (laughs) 
consistency. <laughs> and I think like I have some videos of some coaches that were like their older courses. And in those videos, they do talk about the amount of consistency. And, and that's what I find kind of missing when a lot of people kind of start this work or whatever is coaches that have calibrated to a higher place or whatever we're going to say these these higher level coaches where we've been willing to put ourselves in the room that's really the key put yourself in the room right um but they the one thing I've recognized or I feel like I've recognized and maybe it was just I don't know something I noticed but they don't talk now as much about the amount of consistency and the um they call it showing up and for people who don't live in this world they don't really sometimes really know what that means but it's like consistency, not just once a day, multiple times a day, every day. And if you miss a day, you're willing to get back on the horse the next day, you know? And I remember when that clicked with me as like six months to a year ago, I laughed at myself because <laughs> I could see where I had not been very consistent. Right? Like, oh, like one or two times, three times this week. Great. Good for me. You know, <laughs> it was like, but that's the learning. I'm also, I'm a, I'm an ex- life experimenter and life experiencer. And sometimes we fall down, but the point is we get back up. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Honestly, this was such like the most pleasant way for me to spend a Friday afternoon. Thank okay, you so awesome. much for having me. This was super fun. I love all the things. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with another woman who could benefit from its message. Also, if you feel inspired, please do leave a five-star review. It helps support the show and gets our message to more women. If you're interested in becoming a client for transformational coaching or a hypnosis session, you can find me at amityrose.co to read more about what I do and how to work with me. Don't forget to add me on Instagram. I am Amity Rose for daily content and inspiration. As always, thank you for being here and I love you.